So we're getting into what's making news this morning. Alarming rise of self-harm amongst teens demanding urgent attention. Now, self-harm, the act of deliberately inflicting pain and damage to one's body by means of cutting, burning, scratching and self-poisoning through medication or substances in order to relieve emotional distress. And this is growing massively, a big concern amongst teenagers. A 2021 UNICEF report found that more than 65% of South African young people have had some form of mental health issues but did not seek any help. And more than a quarter of respondents did not think their mental health problem was serious enough to seek for that support. While 20% did not know where to access help and 18% were afraid of what people would think. Now, for more on this this morning, how we can go about dealing with it as a society, as individuals, as the one that lives in all of this pain, we are joined by Dr. Terry Henderson, member of the South African Society of Psychiatrics. Good morning, Dr. Terry. How are you? Good morning. I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I mean, what gets people to the point of causing self-harm to themselves or deliberately putting themselves into dangerous situations? Uh, so you look at self-harm, self-harm for teenagers is used as a coping mechanism. Mm. So teens who are dealing with very overwhelming emotions and are typically quite reactive from an emotional point of view in the setting of a background of mental health distress will use self-harm as a coping mechanism. Uh, you'll never see self-harm on its own. Uh, self-harm is, for example, like a cough, it's a symptom. Mm. There's mental distress behind it um, that could be... Uh, some degree of depression, battling with school, battling with challenges at home, in relationships, and decreased level of functioning in addition to the distress. So it's one of the coping mechanisms they use. It's quite a difficult one to get your head around. Mm. I think if you're not familiar with it, I think um, certainly any parent would find this quite, quite shocking and alarming. But I think it's important to understand it's very much a teen behavior, so we see it starting around age 12 and it declines to adolescence. Um, but it's a very, a very efficient way for, for teens to reveal from a physical point of view that they are not coping. 100%. And I love the fact that you are mentioning very loudly that it's particularly because they are not coping. But why is it such a massive um, growing situation only amongst teenagers in particular? So I think it's a reflection of the fact that teenagers have many, many more issues to face at the moment than they used to, maybe mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So teenagers face an enormous amount of pressure in terms of performance and um, education and meeting educational needs. There's also a great amount of um, stress in terms of drug and alcohol consumption and a lot more stress in terms of strains within society that mm. reflect onto strains within the home environment, um, with parenting that isn't helpful. And and also there's the social transmission of the behavior. So kids perhaps who, who are not, who are using self-harm, and it's predominantly cutting, we see very seldom actually see burning or, or, or using a lot of medication. Uh, other teens may see this as, okay, this is how this person is coping. Perhaps this is something... I could try. So there is a social transmission of of cutting as well. Dr. Terry, jumping in, I know that it's very important for us to also bring in parents, caregivers, 
Um, and also, let's look at schools and communities. How do they firstly recognize the signs of self-harming in their children or teens? And how can we work together to prevent self-harming amongst uh, the young? Okay, so the first point in is that it takes quite a long time to perhaps discover that this is happening because mm. teens will cover it up as much as possible. Mm. It's not necessarily uh, parents who are the first to find out. It's often a school environment, perhaps a school counsellor. That's where it might be picked up first. The very important thing is, is about the reaction to this. So teens are terrified of being judged um, or be harshly mm. punished uh, for this for cutting. So the, the first priority, I think, is to manage one's own <laughs> emotions towards it, mm. uh, but then to see it as a very uh, strong cry for help. Any, if this is picked up at any level, obviously, obviously there needs to be communication with parents if they're not informed. Mm. And then it's about assessing this team as quickly as possible in terms of their general mental health. Um, so as I said, harm doesn't happen on its own. So we need to look at is their depression, is their anxiety, is their trauma, and are there other risk factors? So suicidality has increased with self-harm. Mm. So you would need to have that level of assessment in terms of uh, mood status and where the self-harm is going in terms of severity and then are there any suicidal thoughts that are coming with it? 100%. Dr. Terry, we are running out of time. But for those who are hearing this and uh, suffering in silence, how should they go about reaching out for help? Um, I think the most important thing is you don't have to say, uh, it's not about sort of saying, see myself harm, please. Mm. It's about going to an adult that you feel that you can trust, who will be responsive, and that it can be a parent or it can be a sports coach or a teacher, and just simply saying, I really need help. I need help with coping with what I'm feeling. And then it's about that adult moving with that and then finding a supportive help, which could be a school counselor at first mm. or somebody within a religious group. The parent, Parents mustn't be the therapist. It's very important mm. not to be. Mm. Parents need to be the support and to facilitate the kids' team to get help with a professional or a third party. Um, very important that adults... Uh, don't feel that they need to fit in and fix this. That's really not possible. Sure. You don't fix teens like you fix children. <laughs> um, but they don't need to facilitate by getting the counselling and the support that teen needs. 100%. Dr. Terry Henderson, that's where we'll leave it this morning. Truly appreciate your input, your insight, your advice on a very alarming rise of self-harm amongst teens, just demanding urgent intention, and that's exactly what we are doing this morning and what is making news. That was, of course, Dr. Terry Henderson, member of the South African Society of Psychiatrics, and, of course...